You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. We survived. Yes. We did. We survived Hurricane, I forget what it was called now. but uh, <laughs> Dorian, Hurricane Dor- Dorian. Yeah, which, by the way, um, I've got a lot of suggestions over the last week that we name our new baby daughter Dorian because she was born when the storm was coming. I don't, th- yeah, but I don't think it's, a, it's not enough of a story. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, well, we, you, know, we, you were born maybe a day or two early because they thought there might be a storm, but there wasn't. It'd be different if it was like, you know, you were born in the middle of a hurricane or something right. like that. Storm raging outside. She could be Dorian Stormborn. Queen there of the go. Andals, first of her name, and then she protector be- of the nine realms or whatever. Queen Dory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the map. 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 There's a really good reason why I'm not going to name my daughter Dorian. Yes, because she's not a Batman villain. Yes. That is a that is a villain's name. That is a yes. that is not the name of a uh, or perhaps an explorer or or well was she Dor- nah, she was more of Dory but yeah anyway so. Yeah, we survived the hurricane. Uh, the Bahamas got wrecked. Those poor people. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, the poor oh. Bahamas. I was just uh, checking out at the grocery store yesterday, and I was in line behind the Channel 6 weatherman at, at the Publix. Oh, yeah? And he was talking to the cat. He had just gotten back from the Bahamas. He was uh, there reporting. And he said that you wouldn't even believe what it looks like. He said it's, he said it's unbelievable. Well, the pictures have been uh, horrible. So Yeah, holy cow, man. But luckily, uh, you know, I think that uh, nothing bad happened to us. But that's the thing about a hurricane is you're always, like, hoping and praying that it passes you by. And it always trashes someone else. Like a hurricane. Yeah. There's never a hurricane that doesn't affect anyone. And the people in the Caribbean, right. they just get wrecked. Almost every time, it's like, oh, oh, there goes, uh, you know, there goes Haiti, and then uh, there goes the Bahamas, and there goes the U.S. Virgin and pe- Islands, and uh, the people who buy those nice homes in the islands, they build those nice homes in the islands. That's every, that's that's great. But I think if it was me, if I was going to retire there, that uh, I would be like, yeah, build me a squat one-story cinder block bunker underground. And that's what I'm gonna. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna live in, right? I'm gonna make it nice on the inside, but it's just a brick. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I want my home. That's to be. my house is right now. I, I live in a, a block house. It was built in 1953, and I figure if it's been there since 1953, it's weathered every storm to hit Central Florida since 1953. I'm pretty sure go. that I'm gonna be okay. I might get my power knocked out, but that house ain't going nowhere. That house isn't going anywhere so there's another thing that we didn't talk about and i I know we have lots of anecdotes that we want to get to but i want to make sure that we at least mention which we have forgotten to talk about the thing that we normally obsessively talk about and that just happened which is the international photographic competition we have we both competed i was a judge there this year and we normally analyze it and we do a breakdown Mm -hmm. and we do a Mm pre-show and then we'll do you know i mean we've done a lot and then this year we just completely Forgot to talk about it. Right, we did not. I uh, I I tried to pull back a little bit uh, this year. Yeah. Um, for me, meaning I dialed it down from one hundred and eighty percent to one hundred and seventy. 
I uh, I came under fire from uh, many people because I did not watch much of the wedding judging mm. uh, because I uh, I was upset over some changes that were made in some other areas of the of the competition and it and it kind of ruined it for me and I was like I'm you know I'm just not even I'm just I I'm just gonna get upset I'm just, <laughs> I'm not having to do anything with the judging I, uh, from what I saw and from what I heard the new wedding degree judging uh, was I heard uh, very very good yeah I mean I, I watched some of it don't get me wrong I just didn't watch like you know upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. This is the first year the International Photographic Competition, the IPC, has had a dedicated wedding competition that's separate towards a separate degree and stuff. And I think it it went really well. The numbers went really good. And and I just wanted to point out that you entered. Well, yes, I have to. I I just became a master last year, and I'm like, whew, finally, whew, done. Now I can just do it for fun. And then here's the new thing, and now it's all over again. I gotta start just all like over. The just when you th- start just when I thought I was out. Yes, they pull me back in, and now it's like, <laughs> great! I'm starting off to scratch. It's like I also just recently started playing World of Warcraft Classic, and so oh, I heard yeah, about and this, so yeah. once again, it's like level one. Here we go, starting all over again. So yeah, yeah same thing. Yeah, well, uh, you did well. You merited your whole case in the wedding category. Yes, which I which I thought was funny because I merited my whole case in the wedding category the very first year that I entered into IPC. And then never came close to doing it again. Except for this year. And so this year, with the new degree, I've done it again. And I, I predict that next year I will have a goose egg because that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened at IPC. When you put that out there into the universe, Bure, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Well, you know, I believe in the mysticism, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, just make sure you rub your crystals yes. together and you'll, and you'll be fine. So I went four for four, but I don't, you know, but then, that, but then of course, you, the creeping thing that comes in, you go, I went four for four. Maybe the judging is too easy. Uh, <laughs> you <know? laughs> see, you're never going to be happy. I was at we all the judges after because the, there was different groups of judging. I was in the first group. We come and judge a couple of days and go out. We we're having dinner after the last night that we were judging, and we're out there. And I was talking to Rich Newell, who's the IPC manager, Christy Newell, his lovely wife, who's a judge, and uh, and and plenty of the other great people there. And I was outside the bar on the sidewalk uh, talking to you, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I came back and I came back in. And they're like, where'd you go? I was like, oh, I was talking to Bure. I was like, yeah, he merited his whole wedding case, and he's still not happy. <laughs> <laughs> but not, be, but but not with that. That's not what I was unhappy about. That it had nothing to do with the competition and its judging. I was very happy, but I made it perfectly clear that uh, from everything I have heard so far, from the numbers I have heard, we had somewhere of four to five times as many wedding images were entered into the degree as were entered into the category last year when it was just a category. Now it's its own degree, four to five times as many entries. The number of merits uh, is on par with the percentage number of merits over in IPC, so that that's a Finally, good number. Yeah. And that number is also four times as many merits as they were seeing in the category. So it used to be like 9% would merit. Now it's more like 35% would merit, which is more like what you get over at IPC. And that's all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was for wedding photographers to be judged and to have the same sort of numbers that the portrait photographers have and, 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 and for that to be equal. And you're still unhappy. No, I'm, I'm very happy about that. What I was unhappy about, if you're going to keep hammering me about it, what I was unhappy about was that they raised the number of merits that you have to have to order in order to be a judge from 20 to 25. Okay, just so it's not totally inside baseball – 
when you get a certain number of merits toward your degree through these competitions for, from PPA, you are you you can trade some of those in and you can get your master photographer degree. And once you have your master photographer degree, you get a, a, a an, an merit would be like if you score 80 or higher. And a number of those uh, merits afterwards, once you accumulate a certain amount, then you can also apply to the judging school and start training to be a judge for the International Photographic Competition. And so recently they just made they changed the process a lot for the better i think but in addition to that they also added the added merits to the requirement to be able to apply to be a judge which is like it I, look i i don't have one i also want, i also want to point out that this is the second time they've raised it in like five years it, it's right, 20 right, so. but it used to be 15 or it used to be right. 13 it used to be once you were a master you could apply now you basically have to be a double master all right, so they 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 move the goalposts a little bit. A little All bit. Right. It's twice. Yeah, yeah, a little. Every every person judging today had to have thirteen merits, but I have to have, or anyone coming along in my era has to have twenty five merits. No, is it twenty or twenty five? It's twenty five. Well, that seems like an awful lot. Yeah. But at any rate, <laughs> and you're getting these merits from judges, none of whom had to have this many merits for them to become qualified judges. Now that you are, uh, now that you are, you have multiple competitions to enter because there are three different competitions running at the same time. So your maximum potential merits, just in a perfect uh, world, you if you went diamond, which is to uh, loan collection all images. Just, just hear me out. I know what you're in saying, all- but you can't base it off of the idea that there are some people who can enter multiple competitions. Well, you you do, and you can. Yeah. How many merits yes, did you get this not, year? But th- how many I, merits? Did I you got get this seven, year? but that's not how you base it. Because if you're, a, if, let's say you're a portrait photographer, Gary, and you're a portrait photographer, and you'd like to become a judge, well, you can't enter weddings, and you can't enter artists. So that's true. So to take that person and say you have to have twenty five merits, here's what I here's what I don't get. I don't think that getting more merits in competition is going to make you a better judge. I think that uh, that judges are just good you there's good judges and there's bad judges and you have to put them through some training and you have to let them do some practice judging and then you have to have them evaluated and there are people who can you know people like rich Newell, who can look at that and go okay you know what you you'll be a good judge you've got the right temperament for it you're good at describing et etc cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you'll be and you over there you could have a hundred merits and you'll never be a good judge you know, so I, I just don't think that getting merits in competition is in any way indicative of whether or not you would be a good judge. I, I don't even think that – I think that – here, here's the funny thing. I think that it's possible to be a good judge of something without being good at the thing. Absolutely. I was a great wrestling judge when I was in uh, school, and I can't wrestle at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would believe that about you. There's something when I look at USA, I bet this guy can't wrestle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was very good, I was very good at the – you know, you couldn't flip me. Because I was like, lay on the mat like a whale, and you couldn't get me over. <laughs> that was my signature move. You know, when they would they, they would go rest, they would go wrestle, and I would just go flat on the mat and, and just challenge you to roll me over. <laughs> that was how I did that. But uh, but here but but here's the thing though. See, now we've gone down this rabbit hole, and I have to explain r- briefly. The reason it upset me. Yeah, I'm setting a timer for okay. two minutes. The reason, up- and then we're the reason it upset me was because I actually had to write an email to my friends and apologize <clears throat> because I w- because you made it clear I wasn't I wasn't giving people the victory lap they deserve they deserve a lot of people did a lot of work to get this wedding degree to go it went it was successful everything went wonderful and then they come to me 
their friend Bouray expecting to have a little revelry, expecting to have a little, hey, it went great. You must be happy. This must be great after hearing me complain for six years. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. no, I found something else to be angry about. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I realized that that was selfish of me to not allow you. And you kept, you texted me for two days. You're like, dude, you should feel great. This is awesome. You know, and then I realized I did a disservice to you and all my friends by not being yet saying, yes, this is awesome, and setting aside that this other little thing that bothered me. But the reason the other little thing bothered me was not for the normal reason. The reason I was bothered with the wedding stuff and everything was because, over the years, is because I felt it was unfair. This bothered me on a personal reason. I never wanted to be a judge. I never really thought about being a judge. And then, once we started the wedding degree, I had several people who I respect and love and admire, you being one of them, who came to me and said, you know, Bure, you should, you should become a judge specifically because we could use you judging weddings and you'd be a good wedding judge. And I foolishly began to believe it. <laughs> oh, I, began, I believe yes, I can fly. I began to believe, I began to go, you know what? They may be right. I might would be good at this. Maybe I will go for this. And then like the day I decided to go for it, they said, by the way, it's going to take you a year or two longer to do it than anybody, than, because we've just tacked another five merits on. And I'm like... Oh. It's like, I just, just, just when I was like, you know what? I am going to learn to water ski. And they go, okay, we're going to break your leg. That's like, that's like Charlie Brown getting the ball yeah. snapped away from him every time he tries yeah. to go kick. You were so close to being able to kick that ball. Yeah, so for the first time, it wasn't just like me being angry, but it was, all, it was me being sad. I was like, oh, man. Okay, because I just want to point out that for you to be hopeful and have some kind of positive hope going in your life is a very <laughs> rare thing. It doesn't happen very For you to become a believer in a thing and go, you know what? I can do, yeah, all right, guys. All right, all of my peers and friends supporting me, you have finally together cumulatively convinced me that I should really give a crap about this thing and start believing in it, and it's gone. Yeah, exactly, and it's not gone. I mean, but, you know, and, and, it's, and you make a good point. You're like, you got, Bure, you got seven merits this year, and you only, you, only, you only need 13, and you got seven this year. Yes, I did, but if the old, if it was 20 merits was all that I needed, I'd be, I could apply now. <laughs> well, so right. so it's still just just that adding five merits has put another year or two. I have to get five merits next year to qualify next year, which means I have to enter both competitions again. I yep, have to probably merit my whole case in at least one of them. I mean, it's a, I, it's much more likely to take me two years now, which means a total of nine years of competing before I'm eligible. The average person gets three merits a year, so at twenty five merits. Do the math. How many years do you have to compete, compete before you can even try to be a judge? And then the people who try to be judges, only about 20% make it. Well, you know, Bure, it's just not for it's just not for sissies, man. It's just not. And unfortunately, I'm not a young man. No, no, you're very old. Yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like... Just remember, you're the same age as Brad Pitt. I don't want to be like, you know, 70 when they're finally like, you know, you can take the judges class now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that next year they raise the requirement to 30. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Just because I want to watch the meltdown. I want to watch you lose your mind. So, no, right, I'm over so, it now. Uh, I'm like, you know what? If I get the merits, I get the merits. And if I, you know, I, Like I said, I had that moment where I was like, this is my, my next prize. I'm really going to go for this. And then when they moved the goalpost on me, I just went, okay, well, whatever. No, I don't think – I think that that uh, one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. And I think that you should uh, – I think that you should uh, keep going. But but wait, my but here's my final thought. My final thought. All right, fine. Here's the other. Here's the other reason. Here's the other reason I, I I'm not so worried about it anymore. I, after the judging this year, I don't think that they 
one of the reasons I thought I wanted to really do it was because I thought they might need me. I don't mm-hmm. think they need me. I think the judging, every, from, from what everyone has said, the judging was great. And they absolutely do because they do, there's a, the judges have to be wedding qualified and there just aren't enough wedding qualified judges. Okay, well, maybe for that technical reason, but, but I don't, the, I don't the want pool to... Is, a pool of wedding qualified judges is very small because you have, to, um, you, know, you have to actually compete in successfully in weddings to maintain that qualification. Right. And every photographer, as you get to a certain age, almost everybody quits shooting weddings. Yes, another, <laughs> prob- another problem for me is that once I become a judge, how long will I be able to stay qualified? How long will I be shooting weddings? Nah, you're gonna. You're never gonna stop shooting. You might stop shooting the big ones. You'll keep shooting the beach ones. Well, I, I also, and it's hard to merit those. But I also just want to make it clear that when I say I think they need me, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the quality of judging. I, I don't want to for one second to uh, to say that the people who judged this year weren't fantastic at it. They were. They were. If they needed me at all, it would be for what you just said. Is is that they just don't have a big enough pool, especially because if it continues to grow then they'll get to the point where, you know, they'll need more judges. Yeah, they do. Oh, well, okay. So in summation, you did good. I did good. It went very well. You got a, you got a big loan. You got a, didn't you get your highest score ever? I did. I got a 95, which goes automatically in a loan collection. And the, the crazy part was I was on the panel when that image came up on my panel. Now there is a, um, a mechanism by which you, on the judging, you're on, you've got a little iPod touch. You hit a button and disqualify, and the jury chair will jump in and judge for you. So you disqualify yourself for any number of reasons. Basically, it's if you know the maker of the image um, or if you you know have specific knowledge. If you helped or advised on the image, it could be yours. There are any number of reasons that a judge has to disqualify themselves. So just because a judge DQs, it doesn't mean that the image that's up is their image. It could be your wife's image. It could be someone you know. It could be someone who you you tutor and mentor. Could be something you saw on Facebook. Could be something that somebody posts on Facebook and you know who it is and you hate their stupid face so you feel like you can't judge it fairly. Like something like that, whatever. Or perhaps you don't hate anyone. (laughs) Yeah, and so it came up. And I tell you what, there is no like more there's no greater feeling of anxiety and competition when you are when you are in the room when your image is being judged well being in the i've been in the room when my image was judged but being on the panel when your image is right. judged is even worse right yeah so anyway uh pretty good merited all four put two in the loan collection six merits for me i'm good i'm happy and uh now uh now but the problem is i can't post and share what any of them look like because I'm going to be entering some of these also coming up into WPPI as that comes. I got up. that with so FPP are... coming up in a couple of weeks, and that was everybody was posting all their stuff on Facebook, and I couldn't, I couldn't, yep, same. I could not crow at all. I couldn't post a single image. Yeah, our state competition of focus has come. So anyway, competition's fun. I love it. It's giving me something to look forward to. I was thinking about this today. I got a test shoot coming up. I said a couple of weeks ago that I've gotten the CPS to send me a 5DS to play with. I want to see how I really like that super high resolution sensor, all those extra megapixels to see if I like it, you know, if it's worth it. And uh, anyway, so I got a great model and I've got a great location. I've set this whole shoot up. And as I'm, I'm getting ready to come film the podcast this morning and I'm thinking about ideas, outfits, just stuff buzzing around in my head. I'm thinking about the photo shoot and... Then again, and all of a sudden, my brain kicks into its default position of how do I get a competition image out of this? Yeah. And then I think, and then I think, and then I think, okay, so how about I just go shoot for fun and not keep competition in mind? I said, well, I am doing that. I am shooting fun as a personal project, but I don't want to do it if, like, competition gives me a reason to be mm-hmm. creative, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, if, if competition didn't exist, if there was no photographic competition, either WPPI, uh, PPA, or state competition, whatever ones you compete in, um, 
I, I wouldn't be as as enthusiastic about setting up these shoes because right. the competition gives me a reason to do it. And so I can't really now in my mind because I grew up in this system, I can't like separate myself from it. Do you know what well, I mean? let me tell you something. I shot a bar mitzvah yesterday and I'm doing the temple pictures and I'm doing the families, right? So I, I get the uh, brother of the mom and his, I guess, aunt, uncle, cousins, and they take a picture with the bar mitzvah boy. And then we see, do we few of those? And that's it. And then we're waiting for the rabbi to arrive. And the brother there, the uncle, he walks over and he goes, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, uh, we did our daughter's bar mitzvah. It was about uh, three weeks ago. And I said, yeah, really? And he goes, yeah. And uh, our photographer wasn't nearly as good as you. Now, all I had done was taken a group picture of like five of them. That was it. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, thank you. Um, and he hadn't seen it. <laughs> and I said, uh, what makes you say that? And he said, well, she just, you didn't pay attention to details at all. You were so particular about w- w- how the feet were turned and how the hands were done and how each person needed to angle their body. And he, he goes, you were so particular about all the details. And I'm like, yeah, competition. That's, co- yeah. that's competition. That's 100% competition. And when I'm posing a group now, it's like, okay, I want to make the feet right, and there needs to be a bin there, and that needs to be, you know. And I'm still not, you know, at a great level of portrait, you know, groups the way the guys who really do good in competition are. But still, watching competition and watching them point stuff out, that sticks with you, and it improves your work. Yeah, so for those of you who totally mentally check out when we start talking about competition, I just wanted to do a little part. Like, this is... It helps. It improves our work. Yes. It gives us a reason to do stuff, and that's why we're kind of – we always geek out about it. But I had something else happen last night, too, at a bar mitzvah. All right. Please tell. Do tell. Oh, I have many bar mitzvah stories. Okay. I, all right. I, I well, took, I have a Costco story. So I took, you just, oh, you, well. You, I, I put it to you, sir. You decide which is more important, <laughs> your stupid bar mitzvah stories or me ranting about Costco. Is, Costco, is your Costco story somehow photography-related? No. Okay. We're not allowed to talk about things that are photography related anymore. <laughs> when did that we're happen? We're in big trouble. Well, oh, we have to. By the way, we have to mention the review uh, that we got too. Don't forget that. Oh, oh, you talk about the uh, the list of podcasts. Uh, oh, yeah, we're definitely. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Well, yeah, we would forget about that. Okay. Let's talk about that in photography news. Okay, we will. Let's get these anecdotes out of the way so we can get to the hard photography this news. Is right, the, the hard stuff news. that the because this is we're doing this for the people's Blu-ray. For the people's. For the people's. Uh, okay. So I go, and my wife and my daughter both go. My wife's going to work the photo booth, and my youngest daughter is going to help her because I want to see if I can train up my daughter as to where they can work my photo booth for me, which would just be a dream come true if I, if I had these photo booth operators who lived in my house. And a fantastic way, too, for them to make a bit of extra money without having to have a job at McDonald's yes, in which school she, you know, during the week. Yeah, stuff, she yeah. brought that up to me uh, when I uh, came home. Uh, you know, hey, am I getting paid? And I think I, think I, I, think I overpaid her. Because uh, you know she wasn't actually taking the pictures, I, sh- I definitely overpaid her. But you know she was. How much did you pay? Her? I paid her ten bucks an hour. Okay, that's all right. That's not overpaying. All she that's did was reasonable. keep the table organized. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bobby didn't even. Bobby even didn't even have her take any pictures. I, at the end, of the night, I go, Bobby, did you have her take some pictures? She's like, no. I'm like, Bobby, you, she could have. You could have been training her so that she could do this. So anyway, um, we get there, we get set up, and the laptop starts to update. Oh, no. Yes. Now, I had the laptop on my desk all week long trying to get it to update. So this And this happen. is a Windows laptop. Yeah, so it wouldn't update. Because Microsoft will force an update right up your nose. Yes. And so it does yeah. that. And then I get a critical battery fault, and the charger's not, uh, not connecting cleanly, and the computer's uh-huh. just shutting itself off constantly, and the uh-huh. clock is ticking. We're 10 minutes away now from entrances. And I, dude, I'm seriously sorry to interrupt yes. you. I'm starting to sweat thinking yes. about that situation. Yes. You know, I'm looking at the screen, and I'm, and, and I'm getting the little dial thing, and I'm like, okay, 10 minutes from the voter booth is supposed to be ready to go, and 
And uh, we managed to wiggle the thing and wiggle it just a little bit and get finally get the computer. And it worked the whole night. No problem. It worked the whole night. And um, I'm going to be getting it looked at this week. But that feeling right there, that's like an adrenaline rush that then you crash from it like 10 minutes later. And now the rest of the night, it's like you haven't slept in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just... That, that yeah. cold, clammy, flop sweat, yeah. adrenaline, heart racing feeling when you're having equipment failure. I have done that on uh, live streaming twice from Adorama. I've had like equipment problems where a thousand people are watching you do it. Or like when you're going to teach at a, at a conference and like you can't get your slideshow yes. to work or something. <laughs> that, is, that is the type, that is yeah. the stuff that I mean, I, you know, in my head I'm thinking, okay, so if we can't get this to go, I'm going to have to go over to the mom and I'm going to have to tell the photo booth isn't working and apologize profusely and give her a full refund. How upset is she going to be? How am I going to play it? When am I going to tell her? Because she's doing cocktails outside of this room. We're in the main room where the kids will be, but they're doing cocktails for the first hour outside. The adults are out there. When do I tell her? If I tell her during cocktail hour, that's, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell her until she comes in the room because it's not going to do any good. It's not going to change anything. And I don't want her to come into her event right off the bat with some sort of bad news. You know, but, but still, the idea of having that conversation that you paid me for this thing and now I can't deliver it, oh. You know, it's bound yeah. to happen. I mean, you know, it happens. And it's, it's not the same as my camera's down and I can't take pictures of your wedding. That's, you know, that's a whole different level than where well, the photo booth isn't working. It's not going to be the end of the world. You've still got sock painting and shirt painting and face painting and all the other stuff here for the kids, you know, so you'll be fine. But still, you know, all the flop sweat. Yeah, not not interested in that scenario at all. No, not at all. Well, OK, so uh, on a non-photography related uh, question, I um, I went to uh, uh, yesterday to the local ale house. Because a friend of mine's in town, and he's really into MMA, he likes to watch the UFC fights. And there was a UFC fight this weekend, uh, and I could really, honestly, UFC could disappear off the face of the planet, and I don't think I would notice. I just right. don't care. It's just not something I'm interested in. But I have a cousin who's a fight trainer, and I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exposed to it somewhat. So I want to hang out with my buddy who's in from out of town. So I go up there and I hang out, and I have a, you know, some zingers and a and a and a and a and a beer or whatever. And so I'm watching these guys, and these are incredibly fit. Sometimes they're kind of handsome and interesting looking, and they're just, you know, and they're uh, really well built. And but then you get to the ears. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. All right. The ears. Have you seen the ears on an MMA fighter? No. They call them cauliflower, cauliflower ears. ears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. So I was thinking about. I was looking. I was. I was sitting next to my buddy Johnny, and I was looking at. And I forget what the fight was. It was like one of the undercard fights. And these guys are in such great shape. And I go, you know, Johnny, I'd just love to have abs, just for like six months. I just want to have abs because I just want to one time go to like a swimming pool or the beach yeah, yeah. and just not have any thought about whether or not I'm going to take my shirt that's off. My I just want to. That, that's my dream. My my dream is, is topless yard work. Dude, that is like yeah. the that is the e ching of, yeah, of right. fitness. Yeah, just to when just, you feel just, comfortable mowing your yeah, lawn. Just just shirt once off. to be able to just go outside and nothing but a pair of shorts and work in the yard and just be like you know. And not have people be disgusted. Oh, my God. That's like a trend. Or what now. about, like, jogging? Like, feeling oh. comfortable enough to jog through. Like, I live in a beautiful little area. No, see, that's, now you're just talking crazy. That's this crazy right. talk that you even meant that you would jog. Well, there's an area right by my house that's called College Park. And it's a beautiful little Pleasantville type of downtown. It's like a post. It's a baby boomer neighborhood that's been sort of like it has become. It's a lot of young families, young affluent people. 
and there's lots of beautiful joggers. If you just go down Edgewater Drive and it's just hot men and women jogging in almost no clothes pretty much at all times of the day. And everyone's, you know, you see one of those guys jogging and you see his like abs and his muscles and you can see all the muscles in his back and shoulders and you go, I hate you. Yeah. I hate you so much. Yeah. What I particularly what I particularly help hate is if you've been that way your whole life, so you have no idea how great it is that you are that way because you've never to not take had it for it. granted. Yeah, yeah, you take it for granted, like in the way that I take hair for granted. All right. So here's the question. Here's my question. I put it to you because I thought about this. If I had a magic wand and I could wave it and I could give you perfect six pack abs for a year. Okay. For one year, but with those six-pack abs, you had to also have really disgusting cauliflower ears. Would you take the abs and the gross ears, or would you just stay like you are? Well, I kind of have big ears now, so... But they're nice big ears. They're not yeah. like... Seriously. These ears look like some... But like, the ears on these guys are so bad, it looks like a really bad special effects makeup job. Like, somebody just took a bunch of putty and shoved it in their ear. It's... I mean, it's bad. Because I am married... Uh, I might would take that deal because it, I, I would get a lot of pleasure out of the out of the six pack abs, and I wouldn't lose anything by having the cauliflower ears. But if I were single and trying to meet women out and about, your six pack abs aren't going to carry so much weight for you as the cauliflower ears are going to turn away in disgust. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. So so I, I can put on a shirt and cover up the disaster that is my upper body, and then the, the ears are going to really come into play. And most of the time, when you meet a woman, you are in fact she can see your ears and not your uh, abs. So you know what I'm saying. So or or you could just be the guy that goes to the club shirtless in earmuffs. There you go. Yeah, I could do that. But that wouldn't that be harder to meet women in that way? Be like, <laughs> God, that guy's got a phenomenal body. Why the Why hell does he, he always wear earmuffs? Wear I don't earmuffs. understand. You could be shirtless earmuffs. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Seriously, even if you are married, even if you're not out there trying to meet women, do you think that your wife would like like to trade enjoying looking at your face for licking barbecue sauce off your abs? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But my wife, my wife, who I love dearly, my wife says, yeah, I don't really actually like the muscles so much. I'm like, oh. That's what, that's what all good wives say to their unfit no, husbands. No, I say that. I don't like them. It's too hard. It's too hard. Ew, gross. Ew, no, no. I like something soft I can cuddle up next to. You lie. You lie. It's almost, yeah, it's to... almost like it's almost like just you just can hear the narrator in your brain when they start down that you know that, that they go. You know what? And the narrator goes, "Are you ready for the lie?" <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, but she was lying. Yes, but she was lying. <laughs> because yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you would like the abs a little bit more. You know, my my you know my, my favorite though is yeah. My ex-boyfriend, he was completely ripped like that. And, you know, I, and I just, I, I didn't like it nearly as much as I like you with the floppy chest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what really does it for me? Man tits. Yeah, that's right. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> the pointier, the better. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, you know, I was thinking about stereotypes. Um, okay. I was thinking about stereotypes. You know, and you know, I, you know, people say, stereotypes are horrible. And I'm like, No. If you stereotype somebody, here's a good example of how of of two types of stereotypes. One yes, one no. If you say uh, you're black, so you're probably better at basketball. That's a stereotype because it assumes that all black people are good at basketball. But if you say if you're a really good good basketball player, you're more likely to be black. 
That is not a negative stereotype because statistically, all the great basketball players in the world are black. So yeah. that's so. If you said to me, and before you, before you out there listening, before one of you rednecks gets up and starts talking about Larry Bird, yeah. Larry Bird was not that good. <laughs> well, I, I, Larry Bird was great, but Larry Bird also was forty years ago. Look at if you put Larry Bird at his peak in the NBA now, he'd be sitting on the bench. My, my point is, you take you 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 take the five best white players in the NBA on your team. And I'll take <laughs> I'll take number 30 through number 35 of the best black players on my team and we'll go head to head and put a little money on it and we'll see who comes out on top. So let I'm, me put yeah let, let me put it differently. <laughs> Which one would you put money on? Sight unseen. Yeah. Like right. okay. there you go. That's how you know right. it's not a stereotype. And that's not a bad stereotype because it's simply it's based in fact. The fact is that if you look at the great basketball players in the world, that that, that they're more likely to be black. And but but if you then turn that around and say because you're black, you must be good at basketball, that is a negative stereotype, and that's how you shouldn't use it. So I encounter a stereotype, and it's one of those situations where it's a stereotype because it's true. I did a branding session this last week for two men. They were gay, and they're realtors. What do you think the house looked like on the inside? I'm going to have to say it probably looked like Martha Stewart designed it. It was the most incredible house you've ever been in in your life. (laughs) Like, every room was themed, and it was true to the theme. He was like, yeah, this room, I I really tried to stay with the the, uh, mid-century Art Deco. Mid-century yeah. Art Deco is uh, that that phrase has never even escaped my lips. And the laundry room is vaudeville. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> now that was a negative stereotype. That was unnecessary. But the house, Gary, the house. The minute I walked in, I was just like, "Oh my god, this house! It is just yeah. beautiful. Every room was done up in some certain way with furniture you've never even seen before. It was obvious that he had spent so much time." you know, curating this, the, the, the pieces in this house. It was just beautiful. I'm like, well, gay realtor. You know, stereotype, I'm sorry, but gay realtor. You're not going to find a gay realtor living in the brick house that I'm just described for the Bahamas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That's just, that's, and, and I, said, I don't think that's a negative stereotype to say yes, because they all have incredible taste. Is, is there a gay man out there that's like, man, I'm yeah. sick of people just assuming I'm going to be well-dressed and organized. There, I'm, there, there probably is. There probably is a gay man whose friends are like, dude, clean up your act. You're gay. Come on. You're a gay dude, you know? Lose some weight and tuck your shirt in. I'm sure there's a couple of them out there who think you're supposed to look like Will on Will and Grace. <laughs> you know? I'm sure that there's a couple of them who, who feel that way. Probably more than a couple. They don't like that they are attached to the stereotype of I must be all put together and everything like that. But I'm telling you, the best looking men you'll ever see in your life are gay. Yeah, well, they clean you know. up nice, man. Well, why else would you switch teams? I mean, sorry, honestly, like... You think what? You think they switch teams because the guys are so good looking? You know, I can see getting to a place in my life where I go, if I'm having real bad luck with the ladies, I go, God, those guys are, you know, not only are they well dressed and good looking, but they really do a number on property value and everything. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the problem the problem with being gay is that if you're not the guy who's that way, but you're attracted to the guy who's that way, it's the same with a guy. If you're a guy who's like, you know, I like the five eight statuesque blonde who's. Uh, who's thin and and gorgeous that's great you're not going to get her looking like we do you're going to have to you know you have to get a serious gym membership and you know you're gonna have to do all that stuff so it's the same thing with the gay guys you don't see the gay guy the the one who's beautiful and then he's dating the slub 
they're always both beautiful. So they I both spend a lot of time. I don't think that has anything to do with sexual yeah. preference. I think that that has to do with you're going to look at somebody right. and what they value. Right. Very rarely are you going to see someone who is incredibly well put together, takes really good care of themselves. There's not a whole lot of the like Patricia Heaton, Ray Romano couples out there. Like usually they come in pairs. Like you're either schlubby together, you're middling together, or you're both really yes. on point. Together. This is a problem I always had because I'm really attracted to athletic women. And there's nothing athletic about me. <laughs> so I, so I never. And as we all know. I, yeah. So I never, I could never date the the girl who jogs. You know, I could, yeah. I could never, I could never date that girl. She should be like, how come you don't jog? Well, that's not gonna. I'm happen. just really looking for a man to go jogging yeah. with me into the gym. Brewery's like, I'm out. I, I love the way they look. I love the athletic women. I love the way they look. I love that look. You know, but I don't, um, but I don't fit their mold. So I, I've never dated one. I really just want to date an athletic woman who also loves whiskey and chicken fingers and sitting yes, on the couch. exactly. Like <laughs> Where's that woman? Uh, she doesn't exist. No. Oh, you know what else happened, though? And this is, uh, this is where they get you, and I know this has happened to you. So uh, I leave. It was a last-minute deal, so I let him pay me when I got there, and he paid me with a check. I'm on my way out the door, and he's like, okay. And, you know, and I said, it's going to be a week before I get all these ready for you. He goes, I really need just a headshot as soon as possible. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try and move you up, and I'll try and get you something as soon as possible get, get, so you can just pick the headshot you need, and I can get that to you right away. He goes, thank you. And then I get home, and I pull the check out of my pocket, and he's included a $25 tip on the check. Aww. Now, he owns me. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Once somebody tips you, you're like, well, now I'm going to do everything you tell me to do. And, and, I, he, did, and I don't th- he didn't tip me. Because he, because to get me, you know, it wasn't because I put it in my pocket. I didn't know there was a tip involved or anything. He was just asking for the favor and I gave it to him. But then the fact that the tip was involved, had I not given it to him or had he given me the tip when he asked me, I would have had to say yes. Right? It's amazing how much juice you can get with a $20 bill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about the $20 bill because you can't buy crap with 20 bucks hardly. But like, it's just the thought of, Especially if it's unsolicited and not expected. It's always really nice. I, uh, I read a great article once years ago where a guy decided to find out what you could get with 20 bucks, uh, tipping, etc. And so for uh, like two weeks, he just looked for every opportunity to lay 20 bucks on somebody to try and get something for it. And he was amazed at what he got. For example, he walked onto an airplane and, uh, in, business, and, and in business class, he just pulled out a $20 bill and said, I'll give anybody in business class 20 bucks to trade seats with me and coach. And the guy goes, I'll take it. <laughs> and the flight attendant was like, "You can't do that." And she, he's like, "What do you care?" You know, <laughs> and gave the guy twenty, and, and, and he gave the guy twenty bucks. And so he did it all. He did it all week long. This, what can twenty bucks get you? What can you get from a person if you offer to give them twenty bucks for a saw buck? Yeah, for a saw buck. Well, I actually had a uh, client recently did her headshots, and she came in, uh, and we did the shoot, and then she was she tried to hand me a tip after she tried to hand me twenty bucks. And I was like, no. And I, I said, tell you what. I said, I, you know, t- t- keep the 20 bucks. I really do appreciate it. I said, tip the, make sure you tip the makeup artist. I said, and I'll send you a link to our Google page. I said, I'd be happy if, you, if your tip was just leave me a Google review. Yeah, there you go. And, and she absolutely did. So that worked out really well. So I don't get tipped a lot because I don't either. Know, I'm bad at my job. But, you know. But I also find that tips come from a certain part of the country because I do so many destination people. Uh, people from Chicago more more likely to tip. Big tippers, yeah. yeah. 
People from Indiana, not so much. No, well, I think if you're from Chicago that or the big city, you're more you run into more cab drivers, doormen, people like that on a daily basis that you're throwing a little money to, and so I people think who live on. Tips, and so I think yeah. it's more just more in your nature that you're supposed to tip. All right, are That's we? Is, is it time for the photography news? Uh, yeah. Oh wait, oh, it is did, pro- did you did you tell the Costco story? Uh, no, but you know, I, it can wait. Okay, I just we're gonna hold you know, we're gonna hold I, them in suspense for a week. What it really was is it basically uh, Costco is the most dangerous place, the strangest place yes. in the universe. There are several reasons about Costco. One, people who shop at Costco are animals, absolutely animals. And I can tell you why. One, uh, you pull into the parking lot, and the entire parking lot is covered with carts that nobody returned to the cart stalls. Right. Just and parking spots blocked with them. And it's it's always busy. It's always chaos. People never use the the designated areas to walk across and through the parking lot. So it's just like it's just it's just a zoo. It's just a damn zoo. It's a zoo. And it's it's a trap. Because the first thing when you walk in the door, you gotta show your card like you're like you're there for the the rally. Like, yeah, I'm here. I deserve to be here. And then you go in there and the first thing, Bure, the first thing you see is a ninety inch television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they and put those and right and by like the door. Eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and here here's the problem with that is I don't need a new television, right. right? I don't. Right. My TV is perfectly adequate for my daily use, but there's something in the mind of your average man mm-hmm. that once you start the thought process that well maybe I could get a new TV, it's like a virus. I can feel it growing inside of me that now I am inevitably hurtling towards a new television that I do not need because my there's a fever. I got a fever, Boo Ray. We, we, and the only prescription is a 90-inch 4K we, television. We are so alike because I just got a membership to Sam's Club a couple of weeks ago. And when discussing it with Bobby, I said, you realize if we get a subscription to Sam's Club, I'm going to be buying a big TV. Yeah, they know that. That's why they put them near the door. Yeah. They know that eventually everyone who has a membership is going to eventually buy a TV from them. Right. Because it's just too, I saw a 70-inch TV for like $900. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a 4K. It was like a, a Vizio. Just a, I was looking at the picture. I was like, my, my TV isn't, isn't this good. You know what else? You know what else? I feel that, that they push on you that, with the idea that you're not supposed to leave Costco without one of these. And it's the giant tub of cheese balls. Oh man! Oh yeah! Or raisinets? They got the, the giant cheese raisins like in those giant tubs. Bobby and and like they, Bobby and uh, Sam went into the liquor store portion of Sam's Club uh, to get some wine, and the only food in the entire thing was the giant tub of cheese balls. Like the giant tub because, of cheese balls is, is strategically placed all, all around them. Because after you chug a bottle of Malbec, yes, you want to eat a bunch of you cheese. Definitely balls. want the, the, the giant cheese ball. Bucket, but again, the giant cheese ball bucket is whether you don't need it, but when you look at it, you just go, "Wouldn't it be cool to have? Wouldn't it be cool to have that many cheese balls? I mean, <laughs> just it's so many cheese balls. How long would it be before you started to worry about running out of cheese balls? You know that that's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. That's like the abs. That's a wonderful feeling to have that you don't have to worry about running out of cheese balls. One thing I never have to worry about in my life, Gary. Sure, they have added some merits on to where it's going to take forever before I get to be a judge. Sure, it took me forever to get this thing passed. Sure, you know I had a problem with the photo booth, but I am not running out of GD cheese balls. Yeah, <laughs> you got that thing is buttoned up. That, is, that, that, that is particular problem. <laughs> cheese balls are taken care of. <laughs> cheese balls. I think. All right, so we let's get to some photography. We got a lot to cover today. Okay, yeah. So, and the first thing we're going to talk about, by the way, is the review because it perfectly encapsulates this episode. Okay. All right, it is time for photography news. Photography, photography news. news. 
Speaking of photography news, I just got a quick bit of feedback. Uh, Bob Mikowski writes in, never stop the photography news jingle. Never. It makes me chuckle every time. <laughs> so thank you, Bob, because we, we, were, we did briefly mention on that we should maybe not yes. do it anymore. But with your support, we're going to keep going. Okay, so let's first talk about we were mentioned on a, a pod on a I'm sorry on a web page that was breaking down the best photography podcast. Yes. And do you have the page? I don't even have it up. Yeah, it's flurn.com is the name of the website, and that this is a great. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you might know Aaron Nace, who's like the head dude over at Flurn, and it's a it's been around a long time. It's a lot of tutorials and education. They put out really really good content. And, uh, you know, I think they're a good size. they got about 200,000 followers on their Facebook page. And so, yeah, they're a pretty established, uh, well-trusted educational website. And uh, I didn't realize this, but they have a blog where they post stuff. And they recently did an article called The Best Podcasts for Photographers. And we made that list. We made the list, uh, which was great. I don't know how many photography podcasts there are. So when you do like 10 or 20 of the best, is there that are like 80%? twenty podcasts on this list. Yeah, that's. But I, but I, but what does that mean? Are there a hundred? I mean, how many photography podcasts are there? That's that's the thing. I mean, if you make the top twenty when there's only twenty five, well, it's not I'll so take much it. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not so much to crow about. So if you're here because you found out about us in the Flurn article, welcome to Photobomb. Welcome, it is a podcast that is sort of about it. Now I will read this review. Uh, and this was written by Michael Freeman. And Michael, Freeman, I'm going to read. I'm going to read this. Okay. Okay. Please. All right. Well, uh, do you have it this. pulled up? Yes, I have okay. it in front of me. All right, go ahead. This is his review, but more importantly, his description of the show. Yeah. All is right. dead. Is dead accurate? It, it is really accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's good. He says fans of talk radio will love Photobomb, hosted by friends Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes. These guys are great, distinct radio personalities, bantering quickly, unafraid of getting sidetracked by oddball personal anecdotes and funny observations from their careers. But central to the show is photography, and listeners who want to hear two photography dudes chat somewhat aimlessly will be glad to listen along for an hour. I could not have written a better description. It, I, I would have sat for a week and I couldn't have come up with something. Yes, and I could not have written that description. You know, you have to write something for the for the web for the for the web page or something. You have to describe something when you're speaking. You have to describe yourself. You know, tell you I, this is a, just a wonderful description. I tweeted at him, and I said, uh, "Hey, by the way, perfect description. That was great." And he said, "Thanks." He said, "It comes across on your show." And I said, "Did you really listen to the? I mean, did you go and listen to all these podcasts?" And he said, well, I listen to about 20 minutes of each one. That's about all it takes to really get a feel for it. Right. And I said, okay. So if he listened to 20 minutes of us, he never even made it to photography news. That's a fair point, which is, which is really, <laughs> I like to say, our crowning achievement, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that we are still made the list of photography podcasts, even if you never made it to photography news. That's pretty impressive. Well, so uh, thank you for that, Michael. Uh, nice to be included in that list. And if you're here because you found out about us uh, because of that article, welcome. Glad to have you on board. So first up in photography news, I have, uh, we have some sad news this week. We lost one of our giants in our industry. Peter Lindbergh, fashion and celebrity photographer, had passed away this week at age 74. Now, if you're not familiar with Peter Lindbergh, He's photographed pretty much every celebrity you've ever heard of. He was working all the way up pretty much until he died. And uh, he's photographed. He's, he's basically the photographer that is credited with the rise of the supermodel. Like he is the one who really made a lot of those iconic supermodel images that when the word supermodel was actually like coined. And so, you know, this guy is a just one of the one of the best pioneering fashion and uh, portrait photographers and I followed him and been a fan of his work 
since I started in photography. And and there are people who aren't in photography that have been fans of his work and enjoyed his work on the covers in many magazines and, and advertisements over the years and don't even know his name. But he is just his uh, icon in the industry as far as I'm concerned. And it, I was very sad to hear of his passing because he was still working uh, all the way up until... Um, so just to give you a little brief rundown, uh, it says Lindbergh is most renowned for his work in the 90s with supermodels like Naomi Campbell, Kate Moss, and Linda Evangelista, while he recently photographed women including climate activist Greta Thunberg, author Chimanda Nyozi Adichie, actor Salma Hayek Pinot, and New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern for the September 29th is 2019 issue of British Vogue. So his work is being published as recently as this month. You know, guest edited by blah, blah, blah. But guest edited by the Duchess of Sussex. That's Meghan Markle. The prolific photographer is known for his firm stance against retouching. In the introduction to his 2018 photography book, Shadows on the Wall, he wrote, quote, It should be a duty for every photographer working today to use his creativity and influence to free women and everyone from the terror of youth and perfection. That's pretty wild. It adds a pretty bold statement. It is a pretty bold statement, but... I'm betting he had at least one professional makeup artist on the set every time he was shooting these women. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, no. Okay. Give me a good professional makeup artist and I won't have to retouch them. Uh, yeah, but that's the thing. You see plenty of photographers that have great professional makeup artists that still go crazy a little bit on the retouching. Right. You know? Oh, there's no doubt there's too much retouching, but, but you know, eh, come off your mountain, dude, a little <laughs> bit. I'm just saying. No, I don't know. You got to really look at his work in that context. Is he's photographing like there's this great portraits of like Julianne Moore and Nicole Kidman? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're like, oh, well, yeah, the natural beauty. Yeah, the natural beauty of Robin Givens and Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah, okay. but photo- he's photographing these women in their fifties without makeup on to get like a net. And you know what? They when you photograph them that way, they look just like everybody else. Really, I mean, right? They really do. And so, oh, the work is fantastic. Yeah, I I know, love the work. and uh, he's born in Poland in 1944. Uh, grew up in Germany. And this is in the interesting part about this article, which is on uh, CNN.com, and I'll post it into the group. Um, it says, after studying at the Berlin Academy of Fine Arts and the Creffield College for Art, he turned to photography after buying a camera to capture his brother's children. And this is a kind of interesting thing because the one of the things that the negativity in our industry towards female photographers, what's the so-called... Uh, uh, moms with cameras is that if you mm-hmm. look at the about section on so many websites you'll hear this story where a mom will buy a camera to take better pictures of her kids and she will find a passion for it and then decide that she wants to try and make a career out of it and that is a very very common story one that has been lauded and picked on by a lot of pros uh in the industry who are resentful of all the new talent basically just like the old guard of fuddy-duddies and i think it's funny that one of the leading portrait fashion photographers in the world for 40 years started in photography the exact same way just want to take a pictures of his nieces and nephews and i think that's really that's that's it's just such a, a normal human story i just wanted to point out that uh peter Lindbergh started in photography the same way as Mackenzie lee photography in in ankeny <laughs> iowa or wherever <laughs> so right. just just to level that playing field a little bit so anyway peter Lindbergh passed away Hail to you, Peter Lindbergh. We, uh, we, uh, you will never be replaced. There's a new rumor regarding the Fuji X Pro Two, which should be coming out uh, sometime soon. That'll be the next big release from Fuji. Mm-hmm. Check this out. It it may they they showed this apparently at a at a conference somewhere on another thing that they were looking at, and now the rumor is they may do this on the X Pro Two. First of all, you have to understand the X-Pro2 is a rangefinder-style camera, and it's a very, a very niche uh, camera among pros. 
old schoolish. The flip screen on the back only flips to the vertical position. I'm sorry, the horizontal position, so that you're looking down on the screen. Right. Okay. And it doesn't. So it, flip, so it doesn't. So it doesn't flip up. No, no, no. It like flips. It like the, the, that. That screen is at the bottom of the camera, sticking out. There. Right. So like, if you you can hold boom. it low and look at it. Right. And you can only use that screen to, you know, see a live view when it is in that position. So it, live view only works when it's in that tilted position. Yes. In other words, if you're going to use the camera, you have to use the viewfinder. But if you want to use it like an old school Roloflex where you're looking down, right. then you can flip the screen down and it goes live. And you can look down on it and shoot. But you can't hold it in front of your face and look at the screen in the vertical position and shoot because it doesn't have that option. Now, this is a rumor. There's no way in hell they're going to do it. There's no way they're going to take away a feature of, of a camera like that. But I love the idea that they might. Take away live view. Yes, take away live view unless you want to use it in a particular configuration that requires live view. But if you want to hold it in front of your face, then look through the viewfinder. Because this is a camera that is specifically built as a rangefinder-style camera. You're supposed to be using the rangefinder. If you don't want to use the rangefinder, this is not the camera for you. Hmm. You know, this is not your camera. You buy this camera specifically because of the rangefinder. Yeah, so get an X-T3. Right, exactly. So you, we're going to make... But, but, but still, you don't go, so we're going to force it on you. Well, that's... No. That, you, I, you know... They won't do it. There's no way they'll do it. But they have shown this particular screen before at, at some conference or something, you know, different things they were trying. And now there's this rumor coming out that they might actually put it on the X-Pro2. And um, that, that's just crazy to start disabling features. So there's no way. That, there's no way. You know, food, there is precedent in Fuji just disabling features on cameras for, for no particular reason. For example, <laughs> like the, diff, the X-T3 and the X-T30 are pretty much the exact same camera. Right. Except there are features disabled on the X-T30 so that it's not as good as the X-T3. Not, there's a couple of things that don't, aren't as good, which easily could be without too much effort. So I don't think that, although definitely just a rumor at this point, I, I would see Fuji has a track record of trying to be as retro as possible, trying to appeal to a particular crowd who wants a retro look, and they are more than happy to disable features on a camera. So, um, you know, it seems feasible. If nothing, if nothing else, it gets people talking about your camera. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like we're doing right now. I have no reason to talk about the Fuji X Pro Pro 2 except, oh, you know, wow, that's interesting. Speaking of uh, little compact travel cameras, the one that I have, the Canon M50, which I think is one of the best featured cameras for the price uh, on the market, especially if you are into, um, you know, video creation, vlogging, you know, YouTube type of stuff. It's a brilliant little camera. And uh, I'm going to post a link on the page. It's currently, there's a, they've got a kit on sale at walmart.com where you get the camera, tripod, filters, a video microphone, extra batteries, SD cards, a bag to carry it in, a mini tripod for stuff like that, and a cleaning kit, the whole nine yards, for $669, which is wow. set, which is like $700 off the normal price of all that stuff. So you're basically, 
the camera and it comes with that that kit lens which is essentially a 24 to 70 would be on a full frame um so i mean it's a phenomenal phenomenal deal and i'll post that if you've been thinking about a great travel camera and you like canon stuff i own this camera it's absolutely bloody brilliant um i, I don't think that the m series of canon cameras gets enough um gets enough credit for how good it is and so this one is great it also features a couple of things which is it's the first canon camera to be able to hook up to an app on your phone and you can push images automatically from your camera to your phone so you can actually once you connect them you can put on a little switch that every picture you take will transfer to your phone so if you're traveling or you're just taking a few pictures of your kids and you want to get them on your phone right away edit them in snapseed put them on instagram you can take pictures and they'll transfer automatically you can control the camera from the canon camera connect app there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do with it um, and so for the feature set for 669 bucks if you're looking to do content creation video youtube whatever this is a brilliant option and a very well featured camera for the money 669 bucks with free delivery and so i'll post that there's no this isn't an affiliate link this isn't a sponsored thing i own this camera i love this camera and i paid more for it for way less stuff and so i will just uh, yeah yeah i paid i paid way more for this camera and so it's a super super deal and i'll post that link on the facebook page because we went down the uh, ipc rabbit hole we're running long on this show yeah we do always we have do. do we have anything pressing in photography news or because we we still have wrap-up stuff we need to do. Right, right. Well, okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty good for photography. It's pretty sl- fairly, besides Peter Lindbergh, it's a pretty slow photography yeah. news week. So I do want to give some uh, list, go into a little bit of listener feedback, if that's cool with you, Bure. Uh, sure, of course. We, I posted last week's episode and asked for feedback on the Facebook page. By the way, if you don't follow us on Facebook pages, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. And any of the comments and stuff, a lot of the interaction with listeners, if you want to... Uh, uh, interact with us and have your comments right on the show. The Facebook page is the place where we draw that from. And so I'm just going to read a couple of little bits of feedback. And so uh, this is actually, we, we had talked about last week about potentially uh, what dumping the first 100 episodes of the show because as a, when you're creative when you're making stuff you know like if you look back at your old images your old work sometimes you're like Ugh, gross and you don't want to think about it so we have this compulsion to sort of get rid of the old episodes and we had a few people write in and say no please don't do that nancy sander writes in uh no do not erase the 100 and uh, also uh kenji horvath writes in he said uh don't uh, don't do that uh who else yeah by the way please 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 don't remove the first 100 episodes there are tons of golden nuggets of education and knowledge in those episodes if it wasn't for the first 100 episodes i would never have learned that i could make 50 bucks by volunteering to let the new proctologists practice their craft that's true <laughs> That's true. Lots of people congratulating me on the birth of my third daughter. So thank you guys all for that kindness. And here's another little one. Uh, Brad Barton writes in about gas cans. We talked about people hoarding gas for the hurricane and filling up uh, plastic buckets from Home Depot instead of an approved container. Interesting bit of the more you know. Uh, He writes in gas cans. A plastic gas can is designed to limit the amount of static electricity as well. Other plastic containers have higher instances of static electricity equals sparks equals explosion, etc. Oh, so so that's right. actually really interesting. And we also talked about people hoarding water and how um, if you're on city water, most of the time you don't need to go buy a thousand bottles of water. There are lots of other options instead of hoarding water. Amy Enyart wrote in, it must be nice to have a water system that doesn't issue boil water orders all year round. And so that is true. There are and it's been big in the news in the last couple of years, there are quite a lot of places where that may not always be an option, where their water isn't even necessarily potable, 
where like uh, my wife's family up in New Jersey, the area where a lot of their water comes from also used to be a uh, like a nuclear like uh, radiation testing site power plant, not like nuclear bombs and stuff. And so they do recommend that you don't actually drink the water that comes out of the tap. So everybody has those like, um, you know, deer park filters and stuff like that or dispensers in their house. So, yeah, so we're talking about mostly where we live, but there are people out there who are on city water that don't necessarily trust the potability of the water that comes out of their tap. So there you have that. Uh, Let's see. I think that's it. Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, We've got uh, focus coming up. Yeah, this is uh, our, the floor the convention of the Florida professional photographers focus 2019. That's coming up here in like two weeks. That's right. So if you are anywhere near Orlando, Florida, or would like to be, please come join us. Just go to ruinfocus.com for more details. Interesting point about this is that I was going to say, you know, if you're in or near or around Orlando, you should come. Shoot, dude, it's Orlando. Just just get here. If you're sitting out there listening to the show thinking about, because I listen to so many podcasts that, that do live shows that are have stuff going on in other states, and I'm like, man, I'd really love to to go be a part of one of these live events at one of these podcasts I love. If you're sitting there thinking that and you go, ah, oh, that would be cool to be there, just come. Orlando's cheap to get to. It's the whole, Orlando. Yeah, just come. Like bring your 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 wife and children, your husband, your partner, whoever you want to bring with you, or is not going to object to coming to Orlando for a few right. days. Like it's right. everybody's on board with it. Just come, just come hang out with us. It'll be a blast. If you're sitting there thinking that's not me, that could be you. Just just get on a plane. Take a mega bus. Mega bus is like twelve dollars. Just get down here. <laughs> All right, the the mega bus. Yeah, you've never ta- never done mega bus. No, no, no. It's a, it's like a long range. It's a long haul sort of bus, almost like a Greyhound, except they're big double decker buses with Wi Fi, and you can go like a lot of places for ten, twelve, twenty bucks. I All think right. you can get the mega bus from Orlando to Nashville for like twenty five dollars. Really? Yeah, yeah. And how long is that trip? Uh, I would, well, I just, my dad who isn't, my dad's elderly, so he's not super comfortable driving long distances and he's going to come down to visit the grandbabies. And so he lives in Gainesville, Florida, which is about an hour and a half from me. And so he found that there's a mega bus that's like $18 each way that he can get in the about, and the stop's not far from my house. So he'll just take a mega bus down. And, uh, he looked at, it's like, um, two hours and 30 minutes so it's like an additional hour two hours and 15 minutes or something so like 45 minutes extra each way okay all right and if you're my dad who who drives 20 miles under the limit that's actually about how long it takes him to do that drive so right (laughs) (laughs) i just wonder yeah but i mean that's an hour on and added on to an hour and a half trip so you know to nashville that's got to be a ten-hour trip or something, and then they're adding. Were they adding eight hours over that? I, I, we have a, we've had a bunch of friends, photographer friends from our area in Orlando, who when they've gone to Imaging USA in Nashville or Atlanta, they take the mega bus. Because huh. imagine you could actually just sit on the bus, and it's a it's a long longer trip than it would be on a plane, but it's like a tenth the cost of a flight, and you have Wi-Fi built in, and you can and and, and a little table, and you can just and it's got way more room than you would on a plane in coach. Right. And you can sit there and you got like edit images, do whatever, you know, listen to music, have power to plug all your well, stuff I, I, in. I've already booked my flight uh, for Nashville, but I didn't know such a thing existed. I would have possibly looked into that. Oh, hell, I'm work, flying. You know, I'm and... not a peasant, Bure. I'm, <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking the chariot of the gods. I'm not going to ride a bus. Jeez, Louise. You know, but some people are afraid to fly, you know, or sometimes it's uh, if you're like in, 
you know, uh, uh, Hurricane West Virginia and it's only a couple hours to Nashville, you might be worth taking a bus. You know, I don't know. Right. Just saying. It's the, the option. Get on the Megabus and come down to Focus 2019. And heck, get on the Megabus because we're both speaking at Imaging USA coming up in January 2020. Imaging USA, Nashville, Tennessee, the Gaylord Opryland Hotel, Resort, and Casino. It's not a casino. Just kidding. But we are both speaking there, and we're also both speaking at WPPI coming up in Febtober, February. And that I'm so excited that you and I are doing both of those things. I think that's incredibly yes. cool. Yes, so, it is going to be a good time will be had by all. I will buy all of us. And more importantly, you brought up the one thing that we are going to do that I had forgotten about was we are going to do the uh, virtual reality Ghostbusters experience yes, at the yes. Boys. Yes, we, we did virtual reality Star Wars here in Orlando, and we're going to do virtual reality Ghostbusters in Las Vegas. Yeah, so super excited oh. for it. Yeah, so okay, I think I'm done now. You can find us online, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. Our website is photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is hughesfioretti.com. Mm-hmm. Mine is burayperry.com. And you can find our email address, questions at photobombpodcast.com. If you would like to send us an email, that's where you would find the email address. <laughs> it's questions at photobombpodcast.com. <laughs> we'll see you back here next week. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>